Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. presence of the Lord that would seemingly touch and challenge us at the very core of who we are, and uh, I pray that the hand of God would never lift from our lives, and um, you know, I'm going to join others today and um, say thank you, Brother Rayleigh, for that word, and um, Ask God to touch us and help us today. Praise the Lord. I feel like God has just laid some things on my heart, and I just want to speak to you from my heart for just a few minutes. We're living in a critical time, and um, I think if we are not very careful, very careful, that we can potentially lose some things that God has granted to us through the process of time. I don't want to be misunderstood in this next comment, but I, I, um, I have often, because I try to be kind and to be gentle with people, some people perceive that as weakness and uh, abuse that. But I'm not going to change because I want to be who God has called me to be. And... Um, but, you know, there are some things in the Word of God that they're just irrevocably there. There are commands, commissions that God has placed in His Word and then placed upon the ministry a mandate to speak, teach, and consequently to live that Word before us. I would direct your attention to the book of Judges for just a few moments today. And um, this is a familiar passage. You can just remain seated. I'm going to just speak for a few moments from my heart because I think that the Spirit of the Lord would, would really truly want to speak something to us today. Amen. I truly believe that. The book of, of Judges, if we begin at chapter 2 and verse number 1, the, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers and said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land and you shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Then a piercing question, why have you done this? 
Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your side, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass that, and it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And because, and they called the name of that place Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. I, if we could stop reading there, as I've often said about this passage of Scripture, if we could just stop reading there, what a tremendous story. Here are people who have, um, who have found themselves picking up habits that they shouldn't have and doing things they shouldn't do. The Lord said you, you should not have no, make no league with the inhabitants of the land, but obviously they had, and they ask a question or ask a question, why have you done this thing? A piercing spirit of repentance came apparently across, or it would appear, uh, came across this congregation and they lifted up their voices and, and wept. And they called that name Mokum because that was where they sacrificed unto the Lord. It would seem that this was a turn point, a change point, that God had arrested them in the very tracks where they stood until we get to verse 10. Because in verse 10, the complexion of everything changes. The Bible says, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. This is King James' language for saying that all of this generation died. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. Let's just stop right there. They knew not the Lord. That means that they did not have a God in their present. They knew not the Lord. They had no relationship with the Lord. But there is a comma here that's a frightening comma in this sentence that says, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. You think about that and, and you think about how frightening it would be that they did not have a God of their present, but they had also lost their history. It lost their past. Somewhere somebody stopped talking about this. The marvelous, miraculous power of God and all that he had done. Someone stopped talking about this, at least in this camp. And as an end result of that, there arose a generation that knew not God. I think sometimes we can falsely feel uh, that we are 10 foot tall and bulletproof and that what we have today is just going to endure to every generation and because we are, you know, have good church on Sunday or good church on Wednesday and because we have this program or that program that, that just somehow due to the success, and I use that word guardedly, but because of the success and the nature of those things that we have this. But can I tell you that nothing could be further from the truth because we're just one generation away from losing no matter what we have we're just one generation away from from losing a God of our present that's frightening to me to think about that I can tell you assuredly that we have acquaintances and friends who have been raised in church and somehow they drifted away from church and they have children who know nothing about the message that is preached from behind this pulpit. Frightening to think about that. Frightening to think about that. 
I met some uh, distant family uh, some years ago in the course of a funeral who were, um, who were, I don't want to say too much here and give away too much, but who were very closely acquainted and kin to my grandparents and, and on the Tumman side. And, and in the course of that funeral, one, um, one of my cousins was talking about the fact, she said, you know, I regret that my children, that we never got around to taking my children to the church so they could hear Papa Tumman preach. And I was just mystified by that statement. When I think about how closely that my parents made sure they shoved me to the fire. Amen. That there was someone in the same family tree that had never even heard the man preach. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I'm not adding that for drama today. I'm telling you that struck a chord in my heart to think, how could this be? How could this be? And so that reminds us of how closely we are to losing this. And can I tell you today that there are many other church denominations, if we would use that word carefully today, that have one time held true to things that just little by little they let them go. And their children and grandchildren today that have no idea that they had that they had grandparents that shouted the aisles. They had no idea. Those things have just somehow been lost. And so it is incumbent upon us. There is a responsibility. I, I, I say with, uh, as sincerely as I possibly can, I stand here with a heavy heart today. I'm burdened because I'm thankful for what God is doing, but, I, it, but it frightens me the direction that some people are pointed. And so I feel a compelling spirit of God to climb on the wall today and just sound the trumpet one more time. Amen, one more time. When I think about uh, this morning and in the course of the service, my mind was just quickened to this passage in, in, in the book of Judges and how here are people that were there when it happened. They have the fragrance of these miracles in their cloak and in their garment and yet somebody stopped talking about this. Somebody stopped saying this is important that we get this down. This is important. Let me, let me tell you something. If you're not committed if you yourself as parents are not committed to being here when the doors are open, there's no way our children are going to be committed to that. No way. If we are not committed to prayer, they're not going to be committed to prayer. If we're not committed to worship, they will not be committed to worship. If we are not committed to our apostolic distinctives that separate us from the world, they will not be committed to apostolic distinctives. Amen. And so I say, Lord, help us. When I was thinking about that, my mind was quickened to the book of Joshua. And in the book of Joshua in chapter 2, this is where Joshua is sending the, the spies into the, into the land the, the, to spy out the land. They came to the home of Rahab the harlot. Now, Rahab the harlot, I don't have to tell you, was a heathen. But look at verse number 10. Can you do that? She said to these spies, for we, the heathens, <laughs> there's chatter in the camp of the heathens and the church is quiet. 
We've got one generation of heathens that are talking about the good things of the Lord. I mean, she's being pretty specific. We heard about how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came into Egypt and, and, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Zion and Og, and, and whom you utterly destroyed. But she's pretty detailed. These are not general things. But she said, in the camp of the heathens, we're talking about your God. But in the camp of God, somebody stopped talking about their God. And they gave birth to a generation that lost their God of their present and sadly they lost, Brother Tim was talking about our past, they lost their history. We don't know God nor the things that he has done for Israel. We don't know anything about that. God help us today. God help us to be keenly aware, amen. But here, let me tell you something about the story of Rahab, and I'm sure many of you know, amen. But when Rahab said, we have heard about the things that your God has done, Amen. She said, we have heard about your history. They got a hold of the history. Amen. Because she heard about the things that God had done. God performed a miracle in her present. Amen. And said, if you will lay the cord in the window, when we come in, we will save all and all that is in your house. And the scripture says that when they did indeed come to take the city, that they destroyed all but Rahab and all that was in her house. She didn't just save herself, but she saved her entire house. Amen. I say, God, help us today and anoint us because there is a pull of the world and it is not a pull that is just against our young people, but there is a pull of the world that is against all ages at this very hour. Amen. And so I say, dear God, help me to stand behind this desk and help me to declare the truth of your word in love, but I also need to sound it, amen, as clearly as I possibly can because the Bible said, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare themselves to the battle? And so I say, Lord, help us, help us. Here is Rahab who not just saves herself. If you know anything about scripture, you know that if you just keep your finger running through the Old Testament and cross over between those two Old and New Testaments that you find her clearly acknowledged in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And so what I tell you today that as parents, whenever we just concede to the wishes and the desires of our children to participate in this and to participate in that, you may be circumventing them from something. You may be allowing them to do something now in the natural, but it may very well circumvent something very powerful in their future. Amen. I thank God for parents that said, no, no, we're not going there. Amen. And here's why we're not going there. Amen. We're not going to do this and here's why we're not going to do this. Amen. We are going to keep ourselves separated and unspotted from the world. You know, we have been asked many times, and we're, we're, we are going to do this, but let me say this. We've been asked many times to deal with uh, modesty and things of that nature, and, and we want to teach that, and we want to be able to not just declare it, but to be able to teach, and as the Scripture says, make sense of this. But I'm going to tell you that all the classes we could ever hold in the world under the auspices of this church will mean nothing if it's not supported in your house.
I can talk till I'm blue in the face. We can get some of the greatest skilled teachers we have that can assimilate this down into everyday life. But I'm going to tell you if there's a conflict between what is declared from this desk and you get home and say, don't worry about what that fella had to say about that or don't worry about what the Sunday school teacher had to say or don't worry about what this youth director had to say. You don't have to worry about all that. Somewhere we are brewing something that is going to blow up in our face and one day we're going to raise a generation that knows not God nor the things they've done for Israel. I'm preaching truth to you today. Truth today. Amen. Apostolic distinctives. They're going to be lost. At what point, at what point are we going to teach this to our children? Amen. I'm asking something. It's not enough for us to have this in our heart. We've got to pass this to a, another generation. The Bible says our inheritance should be to our children's children. This so be so deeply set in the heart of our children that it's not even a question what their children are going to be doing. Amen. So I say, God, help us in our endeavor to have church, in our endeavor to be as relative as we possibly can to the world in which we live, and in our endeavor to reach as far as we possibly can. I've preached a message before through the years in entitled Don't Let Me Forget Bethel. Amen. I want to re- stretch myself as far as I can as a leader and as a pastor. I want us to stretch ourselves as far as we can as a church to try to reach the world. But let me tell you something today that when the world has more influence on us than we have on them, I need to get my eyes back on Bethel and say, as for me and my house, I'm going to secure myself around this rock. This is a rock that I know won't move. This is a rock that I know will not go anywhere. And so I am appealing today, not just to parents. I'm appealing to parents, but I'm not just appealing to some parents. I'm appealing to some saints of God that's got gray in your hair. Amen. Be apostolic and be apostolic Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Be apostolic not just at church. Be apostolic at Walmart. Be apostolic at the mall. Be apostolic on vacation. Amen. Be apostolic when nobody else is looking. Help us today, God. We need to get this in our heart. What's the big deal? I'll tell you the big deal. There's a whole generation at risk. That's the big deal. That's the big deal. That's the big deal. I want them to know the power and the liberty of not being bound by sin. And Amen. You don't have to wreck your life. You, there, it's not necessary for you to go and do that. You know, when, when, when Abraham sent Eleazar to go get a bride for his son, the, the, the servant asked a legitimate question, a logical question. He said, well, just per adventure, she won't come with me. What happens if she won't come with me? Do I just come get him and take him to her? He said, oh, no. You put your hand under my thigh and you commit, you make a covenant with me that you will not... You will not do that. Why? Because Abraham was saying, why should Isaac have to walk all the miles that I've walked? 
I've already come out of all this. I've already walked away from all of that. Why would you take him and make him walk the same journey? I'm appealing to some parents. If you've got some victory in your life this morning, I'm appealing to adults. I'm appealing to everybody. Why would we want a generation to have to walk through the same things that we've walked through? He said, no, 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 no. Don't you come get him and take him to her. I've already conquered this. I've already got this victory. I've already killed these kings. I've already conquered this city. Don't make another generation go back and have to kill kings and conquer cities and cross bridges and do all of this. Why would we want to do that? And so I am reaching to apostolic people today, amen, to say we need to cut our ties with the world and tethers and our affections with this. Why would we want another generation to have to walk the path that we've already walked. Amen. Hey, you can sit on your hands if you want to, but the preacher's preaching today. Amen. I'm not mad at you, but I am mad at the devil. Amen. Amen. I'm not mad at you, but I am mad at the devil. He's trying to steal our treasure. He's trying to steal our treasure, and I am not willing to just sit down and put silent and put my hands over my mouth and be silent about this. He's trying to steal our treasure. Amen. The greatest treasure we have is the next generation coming behind us. And so I think we better get somebody, amen, that'll stand arm in arm. Amen, you ever played this as a child, Red Rover, Red Rover? Amen, somebody better lock their arms and say, no, 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 you're not coming through. Amen, no, 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 you're not coming through. Amen, no, 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 you're not coming through. Amen, we're gonna stand together. Amen, come on. Amen, we're gonna stand together. Amen, no, 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 no. We've got too much on the line. We've got a generation to protect. We have a generation to protect. Woo, hallelujah. Amen, we've got a generation to protect. I don't want to try to figure out how close I can get to the line and what all I can get by with because there's a generation. Brother Tim said it this morning. You didn't even know I was there. There's a generation walking so close. They're watching your steps. They're watching how we pray. They're watching how we worship. They're watching how intently we are about the things of God. They're watching that. They're watching that. They're watching that. They're watching that. Oh my God, don't send Isaac. Don't send Isaac back down there. Don't send Isaac back down there. I'm pleading with you this morning. Don't send Isaac back down there. Don't send Isaac to have to walk all those miles we walked. Don't send Isaac back to have to pray all those prayers I prayed. Don't send Isaac back to have to conquer all the things that I've already conquered. My God, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Oh, let's don't sit down on this. Don't sit down on this. Amen. Don't sit down on God. Amen. Oh God, don't. 
peradventure she won't come. Peradventure, what happens if she won't come with me? Do I take, no, 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 we're not going back. We're not going back. If she won't come, we'll figure something else out. But you promise me, promise me that you won't try to get him to go with you there. I'm asking somebody today, God, help us to slip our hand under the thigh of something holier than us. And I think you know the biblical meaning of that. Amen. We need to slip our hand under something, amen, holier than us and say, dear God of heaven, I may be struggling with a little bit of my forward progression right now, but help me not go back. Help me not go back. Help me to hold on to, hey, stay in the cities you've already conquered. Keep on to the trophies you've already won. Don't give up that ground. Don't give up that ground. Praise God, Brother Allen. I feel something burning in my heart bigger than me today. Amen. We've got some grandmas in here. We've got some elders in here. They've prayed us to where we are today. They've stayed faithful and brought us to where we are today. And so I say, God, help us in this hour not to lose our ground. Not to lose our ground. Praise God. Praise God. I'm just going to talk to you from my heart today. I'm convicted. It bothers me. It troubles me. When I see these elders on these service times, they could just barely get here physically. They just barely get in the door. But there's something in their heart. I've got to get to the house of God. Got to get to the house of God. When there's people with the Holy Ghost probably home sitting eating their popcorn. Don't please don't be mad at me. Oh God. God. If we don't get this, can I speak to some twenties and to some thirties and some forties and some fifty year olds? I want to get up in your business today. If you don't get this, we're gonna be out of business. Amen, because you know what? Sometimes for some people, every planet has got to line up just right in order for them to pray, to be faithful to anything. And I say, Lord, what you're doing is risking the next generation. I say, God, help there to be prayer in our home. Amen, you say, well, that's just too idealistic. No, it's not. Amen, we're children of the bride. Amen, we are children of the bride. I say, Lord, help there to be fervent prayer in our homes. Help there to be, amen, sanctity in our homes. Don't let all this garbage and filth come in. Amen. Quit feeding all that and allowing that in your home. Amen. I say, Lord, help our children. They're in an uphill battle. Hear me today. They're in an uphill battle. And the least we can do is be a hand to pull them up and a life that they can pattern their lives after. But I don't stand a chance if you don't support this at home. Our Sunday school teachers are in the fight of their life. Our children's ministry in the fight of their life. Our student ministries in the fight of their life. You know why? Because hell's mad. Amen. God help us. Amen. We can't do it an hour at a time. Sister Donna, we can't do it an hour at a time. Two hours, three hours. No. Somebody at home has got to be... Fanning that flame. Somebody. Fanning that flame. Somebody be fanning that flame. Somebody has to be fanning that flame. Fanning that flame. Fanning that flame. Amen. That's the only way we're going to take it to another generation. Amen. 
there arose a generation that knew not God who had sat in the camp of God. But heathens were talking about it. So God said, if you don't want to know me, I'll find a heathen. And he took a heathen all the way to his bloodline. Yes, he did. A former heathen, you know what I'm talking about. He took, he took the least likely of all suspects. Here's a thought I had this morning. I wondered whose place you took. Wonder whose child that was supposed to have been. You may think I'm playing with semantics today. I'm not. Because I'm going to tell you what I think. And this is just Steve Boyd one and one, and I promise you, you can toss it in the flower bed when you're on your way out. But God gives everything he ever created and sanctioned the ability to procreate itself. A rose can have a rose. A cow can have a cow. A fish can have a fish. And I believe that God puts the seed of sustenance and future in the church. Amen. To seed to carry that to another generation. If God thought ahead for an oak tree, you think he just left the church out here to wonder? Uh-uh. But the seed to take this message is here. It's here, right here. I know we're expecting the Lord to come. I, I get that. But I'm telling you, if he doesn't come for another century, the church has got seed in it to carry it to the next generation. <clears throat> you know where the next missionaries are going to come from? Today's church. You know where the next church planters are going to come from? From today's church. Amen. The next pastor is going to come from today's church. The next Sunday school teachers and the next directors and the next leaders and on and on and on is going to come from today's church. Better be careful what you do with that seed. Because I think somebody's going to have to give an account for that seed. This is just me. This is just me. And you can write me off as a dean bat today if you want to. But this is just me. But I think when, when people just step out of the will of God, say, I'm going to go do whatever I want to do, and they take their seed with them, in that seed could have been the seed of the next ministry. And if they're sitting on a bar stool riding a Harley Davidson with a ponytail this long in a few years, somebody's going to have to give an account for that. That's how I feel. Amen. Because God puts in his creation the seed to take it to the next generation. And I think in some cases like we have before us today, God had to step into a heathen nation to pull somebody because they would listen. I've heard. And I'm gonna get involved. Come hide here, stay here. She risked everything. Not just her life, but her family's life. She risked it all. But she said, I'm gonna do this because of what I've heard. I'm praying for us today and I want you to pray for me today. Because I want to, I want to be, a, a, I want to be as, as whatever God wants me to be. I want God to be, help us to be whatever we need to be. But I'm telling you, I'm reaching for parents today. I'm reaching for adults today. I've used this illustration so many times. Some of you, it, it may come up in your throat when I use it again. I'm sorry. 
But, but if you take a bull whip, I guess that's what you call it, if you take a whip in your hand to someone who really knows what they're doing, it doesn't take much movement right here to get a pretty loud crack on the other end. It's just, just a little bit. Just know what you're doing. Flick of the wrist. And you know, I'm pretty simple, so the Lord just has to deal with me in simple ways. So one day I saw a bullwhip and I just happened to be looking at it and I looked at the end and the end of it was frayed and tattered and torn. That's where it popped. That's where, that's where all of that energy came out the end. So this is what I got out of that. I just pictured our elders in the church as that handle. You don't have to move very much. If you jostle just a little bit from what you've always held true to, that's going to travel down. And it'll be the small end that gets tattered. It'll be the small end that gets confused. I don't, I don't know what happened. I was little and my daddy was a preacher. and I don't know whatever happened to that. I, 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 when I was a child, I remember my mama was a Sunday school teacher. I, I remember we used to go to church. Just a little bit of movement here. Just a little bit of movement here. I don't know whatever happened to that. I don't know whatever become of that. I, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether to say this or not. I've I've I pastored the only way I know how, and I know some of you are standing. I, that's your choice, but there wasn't a manual here when I got here. It wasn't a how-to book when I got here. just did the only way I knew how to do. I, I may be doing it all wrong. I have no idea. I've always just tried to be honest. And uh, there are certain people that um, would probably just rather pretend that Sister Boyd and I live in a bubble and we don't have any problems and we never have bad days. Now, what I'm about to refer to has been eons ago, and so I don't want you to think this is last Tuesday. And I, I hesitate to share this. I'm not even sure I've ever shared this publicly. I, I remember being so discouraged one time. I don't mean having a bad day. I was so discouraged. I just wanted to... I didn't want to quit living for God, but I just couldn't handle some of the things that were going on. I just don't don't get uncomfortable with me. Don't charge me. I'm just human. I just don't know if I can do this. And I sat down and I talked to a elderly pastor. I felt like I could trust him and And uh, it kind of bore my heart. It's just, this is difficult for me. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I just told him how I felt. I was kind of sort of thinking he'd probably reach for his Bible and go for a scripture, you know. Just 
kind of played out a couple of scenarios in my mind. Come here, Jesus. And he said something that caught me completely off guard. He said, you need to keep preaching because you don't want to have to sit down and try to explain to your son why you're no longer doing it. No open Bible. No scripture. No thus saith the Lord. He said that's one conversation, Steve, you don't ever want to have. That didn't fix one thing, Brother Jerry. It didn't solve one problem. It didn't settle one issue. It didn't put out one fire we were facing. I drove home. I drove a long way for that meeting, over four hours. For him to take about three minutes. I drove a long way home. And Brother Kenny, I thought he's right. That's one conversation I don't ever want to have. So I say to you, sir, if I can pick on you since we're, you don't ever want to have to explain to your grandchildren why granddaddy no longer goes to church, why you're sitting home on Sunday in a fishing boat in the hunting woods. When they say, I remember I used to sit with Grandpa in church. That's one conversation, my friend, you never want to have. I feel the Holy Ghost, something divine in this house. Amen. That's one conversation that I never had to have because somebody was wise enough to just hit me right where I was living and to say, you need to remember the next generation. Pull it together. Suck it up. Amen. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just just telling you, somebody that didn't look at me and pat me on the head and say, well, you poor little pitiful thing. If I'd been through all you'd been through, I'd probably feel the same way too. But somebody said, you don't want to tell the next generation why. You don't want to have that conversation. You don't want to try to explain to the next generation why you're no longer in prayer and why you're no longer dressed the way you did and no longer worship the way you did and no longer is faithful. It's all right. Some people are responding to the altar and that's probably the most appropriate thing we could do right now. Amen. Would you let the spirit and the presence of God touch our heart? Amen. There are just some conversations that I don't ever want to have. I don't ever want to have that. And so I'm just going to hold on to the nail-scarred hand of the Lord. I'm going to just hold on to Jesus. I'm just going to hold on to the Lord. Let's let the spirit of prayer settle in this place. I'm going to tell you that the Lord's going to do something here that is beyond what we can dare, think, dream, or imagine. I want to speak to our leaders today. Brother Tim has already preached the message. I want to speak to every leader. I know you're praying, but hear me now. That young man said, you didn't even know I was there, did you? 
I want to speak to our leaders. There's some young people that are watching you. They're taking step for step, and they are watching. Whether they ever say anything or not, they're watching us. Amen. They're watching us. They're watching us. They're watching us. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.